The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Good, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show. I am Rob Stats Guerrero. He is RJ Ochoa. What's up, RJ? How goes it, Stats? Happy Thursday. Happy October 21st to you. Happy, uh, what day of the year is this? Like 298th or whatever it is. Uh, something around there, I'm going to guess. Uh, I hope your life is good. I hope you had something great to eat for breakfast and something great to eat for dinner last night. Uh, I did, and I did. Before we get started, I want to remind you that this show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. We always tell you to rate, review, and subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show. If you leave a review, we will read it on the show, RJ. And I don't know about you. I read all the reviews, good, bad, or otherwise. And I want to get to this one from Club Cool Collection. Easy for me to say. Subject, RJ is a homer, three stars. Like the show, but getting really tired of RJ's cowboy homerism. He likes to pretend that Pete is the worst with his KC favoritism, but RJ just continually slobbers delusionally all over Dak and the mediocre Cowboys team. Very tiresome. Your response. Uh, It's trash day outside my house, which is why my dog is barking. Um, And it sounds like it's trash day on the review section here (laughs) on the SB Nation NFL show. Um, Look, here's the thing. I will be the first one to tell you where the Cowboys are flawed and how they are flawed. And they certainly are, but they are also one of the very best teams in the national football league. And I can't, I can't, you know, be at fault for both these things being true. You correctly pointed out that the Dallas Cowboys are facing uh, a terrible run of quarterbacks, basically this season. Now it's not their fault. They can't do anything about it, but the fact that you were the one that alerted me to that, to me is a credit to you that shows that you aren't a homer, that the Cowboys, you know, may not be as good as they look because the quarterbacks that they are facing are, let's just say, dog crap. 
Yeah, and if I'm a homer about anything, to be clear, it's how awesome I am because <laughs> I, um, I called this, and this is something to your point. You just admitted, BLG has admitted uh, on the Oddcast, a show that I love and listen to every single week here on the Espionation NFL Show. I have subscribed, left a rating, and written a review on my preferred podcast platform. Something I hope everybody does. Um, but um, something I said before the season began was when, when we get to the middle of the season, people are going to be saying. Wow, Dan Quinn did it. Dan Quinn turned this Cowboys defense around. Look at them. I said they're going to be, you know, in the mix in terms of yards allowed. I, I don't, I'm not endorsing these as like the main measurements in, in terms of how great or solid a defense is. And to be very clear, I did not anticipate Trayvon Diggs owning the earth. Um, but um, that has been the case. And the quarterbacks they have beaten, they're played against at least. They played Tom Brady, they lost. They played Justin Herbert in one, and that's impressive, certainly. But since then, stats, since then, Jalen Hurts, Sam Darnold, Daniel Jones slash Mike Glennon, um, and most recently, Mac Jones, which I think is more impressive than maybe I thought it would be going into the season. But And when they get off of their bye, they've got Kirk Cousins, they've got Teddy Bridgewater, they've got Matt Ryan, who has had some nice moments this year, but, you know, still on, on the downside of his career. And even after that, even after that, they get Patrick Mahomes. Okay, great. But then it levels out again. They get Derek Carr on Thanksgiving, Jameis Winston, either Taylor Heineke or Ryan Fitzpatrick, Daniel Jones again, Taylor Heineke or Ryan Fitzpatrick. Kyler Murray is an intimidating player to play, obviously, in Week 17. Probably going to win the NFC West. We'll see about that. I don't know. Uh, and then finally, Jalen Hurts. So there are very, very, very few quarterbacks who are going to test this defense all season long. I have said that I think that this is the best Cowboys offense in the history of the franchise. You obviously follow the team a lot closer than I do. Am I crazy? What, what do you think of that statement? I know you said this on the oddcast because, again, I'm a loyal listener. I think you and BLG do a tremendous job. I think SB Nation is lucky and wise to employ you both. Um, True. But um, I don't know that I'd go that far. Um, you know, I, I do believe that this is – like I realize some Cowboys fans will be upset about this. I think it is possible that Dak Prescott could wind up being among the very best quarterbacks in franchise history. I think you can make an argument that he is currently third. In fact, Gil Brandt uh, recently, not recently, it was a few months ago now, power ranks the quarterbacks in Dallas Cowboys history and had Dak Prescott third, obviously ahead of Tony Romo. And so, you know, I think you and I both believe Dak is certainly capable of winning Super Bowls in terms of his his own particular skills and merit. And so I think when his career is said and done, you might be looking at one of the very best you know players and quarterbacks in the franchise's history. And he is, at, at least in our present moment, operating at the absolute peak of his powers. And so that is is the engine that drives everything. You could make an argument that on paper, this is one of the more talented Cowboys offenses since, you know, in 2014, they were really good. And everybody remembers that. Uh, because Dez caught it, DeMarco Murray ran for all those yards. But outside of Dez, I mean, it was Terrence Williams and Cole Beasley. Um, you know, 2007, they, you know, 2007, they had Tony Romo at the height of his powers. They had Terrell Owens, who's a Hall of Famer, Jason Witten, who will be a Hall of Famer. That team had 13 Pro Bowlers. And obviously, you can go back to, you know, the 1990s. But but again, this, this does feel like a, a team that has more offense. I mean, there were the triplets, but th that was just kind of three superstars. There are like seven superstars on the Cowboys offense really all over the place. And so it's possible. I don't think you're ridiculous for thinking that at all. If you're new to the show, we take deep dives into the best game of the week, and then we preview every other game except for Monday night in a lightning round. This is a little bit of a weird week, RJ. There's only one game with two teams that have records above 500. 
There are, I think, three games with double-digit spreads, which is not something you usually see in the NFL. One spread is 17 and a half points, which is unheard of in the National Football League. But let us dive right in. Let's start with a game that I'm looking forward to much more after their most recent performance, and that is the Tennessee Titans hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. Tennessee is getting five and a half points in this one. The over-under, RJ, is 57 and a half. How do you feel about that? Um, I mean, I feel like the Kansas City Chiefs are involved. Uh, <laughs> so um, I think they impressed last week the minds of the inferior um, because they only allowed 13 points from the Washington football team. And you and, and BLG, again, to a, you know, one of my favorite duos in, in all of life. I mean, yes, you know, yes. get to your point. Um, you both had a great point on the podcast this week and one that the actual Homer around the SB Nation NFL show, Pete Sweeney, will disagree with in that they don't like to get pushed around. And I think the fact that the, the Chiefs are getting, you know, punched in the mouth a little bit, not only think they're getting punched in the mouth, I think they're getting like they got slug bugged. You know what I mean? And like it's they had one of those friends. You never saw like when you saw one of those bug cars when you were a kid, you know, what I'm talking about the BMW bugs. You mean the Volkswagen bugs? What? Whatever. Uh, Those are two different cars. Fine. No one whatever. Ever confused a Volkswagen fine. with a BMW. Whatever. The, you know the car I'm talking about, though. You never had a friend though that like when that car would drive by would just like punch you in the arm and would go slug bug. That never happened to you. That's called punch buggy. It. No, it's not. Called, what the I know hell it's is not called that. Bug? I know it's not called that. What does that, that have to do with punch buggy? Anyway, you, there were some people, not me, but some people in in certain social circles that would do that way too hard. That were they would it would be like, whoa, dude, like what's the vendetta you've held against me this entire time that you just like <laughs> capitalized on this opportunity? And in the per some not me, but some people would get really upset by like how hard they'd get you know bugged or slugged or punched buggied uh in this particular instance and the chiefs are that team they're like why are you hitting me so hard it's like because because we want to beat you like that's that's why and i i love your point about the teams they've beat they've they barely beat the browns you can argue they they shouldn't have beat the browns things were close for them against the eagles in their second one on the season and yep. they were down at the half to washington and they woke up and they deserve credit for that um but they don't deserve as much credit for that as they deserve blame for the other things and if there is a team that will slug, punch, bug you, it is the Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry. And so I really have a lot of confidence in the Titans. I haven't necessarily picked against the Chiefs this season. I did it when I picked the Bills, but I'm a big believer in Buffalo. Um, I, I I really like Tennessee in this particular game. Kansas City still the 31st defense in the NFL by DVOA. Um just you know that doesn't fe seem like the right formula for me. I do think they're playing with a sense of arrogance that has now dipped into sloppiness and it does kind of feel like they're disappointed that after their win against Washington people didn't return to like throwing bouquets at their feet they're like <laughs> hey we did it we came back we scored 31 points the Chiefs are back put us at the top of your power rankings and it feels like that's the affirmation they're looking for and Tennessee's not gonna let them get it you're totally right about the sloppiness the Chiefs have 14 turnovers that leads the National Football League and I believe RJ 10 of them have been in opponent territory. So it's not like people are figuring out this offense. They're just turning the ball over themselves. They're shooting themselves in the foot. And you've heard a lot of Chiefs players say, you know, we're doing this to ourselves. We got to just, you know, stop beating ourselves. The problem is that doesn't lend itself to urgency, right? That's mm -hmm. like a calm, like, oh, we'll be fine. We just have to stop. You it's need urgency. You need yeah. hunger. You need, you got to have some, some, 
I can't think of another word besides urgency. Like you have to be ready to go. You can't just assume you're going to flip a switch and everything is going to be okay. And to me, that's just what it seems like with the chiefs. And like I said, on Tuesday, every time they've played a good team, they've lost, they lost to the Ravens. They lost to the chargers. They lost to the bills. The Titans seem like right now they're playing like a really good team. I want to see the chiefs go out and win and not just win. I want to see them win handily before I put them anywhere near the top of my power rankings. No. And I really believe that the issues they have are not something that is fixed in a season. You know what I mean? And I, I think the dangerous thing about them is their own arrogance. And I want to be very clear that I think arrogance is a good thing, or at least can be a good thing. Aaron Rodgers, you want to be arrogant? You can pack it up. Good for you. You have every right to be because you own the Chicago Bears and you own whoever else. And so the Chiefs, though, they want that credit. They want that right to be arrogant. And they have had it for a very long time. But that currency has run its course. And now those checks that they're writing are bouncing place to place to place, particularly among the contenders in the AFC. And so I just... I'm I'm not at all the person who is is of the mindset Patrick Mahomes is washed or not good or no longer the best quarterback on earth. But I think he's a victim of his own success in this particular capacity. That throw he had at, at the end of the first half, that interception, I know I'm not the first or like thousandth person to say that it's been the worst throw of his career so far. That only happens when you believe that you are superhuman and you believe that you can do everything. And to be very clear, also, I believe that that mentality is a huge or has been a huge reason for their success. Like that mentality is the reason why Mahomes has been able to pull certain things off is because he knows he can. And so he sort of almost wills them into existence. But there comes a point where you start to believe, not the lie, but believe the mentality to too far of a degree to the point that it becomes a demerit upon your overall potential for success. And I think that that's where the Chiefs are at. And so until they you know, fully are humbled. I don't know of a way that this just gets fixed. In fact, I think the win last week maybe was the worst kind of win that they could possibly have because it that last week was like all their friends and family like no you're fine you don't have to change a thing everything's good don't worry you know you're not you're not wrong at all like you're wrong you're definitely wrong and you're making a lot of mistakes and so that that was not the first time you and I talked about after the Asante Samuel Jr. interception that the Patrick Mahomes is trying to pull off no look passes and, and all sorts of weird and, and amazing things that he has before but like we said all offseason at least you me and BLG did all of those things were going to regress to the mean. For so long, for an impressively long amount of time, the Chiefs were the exception of the exception. And that is starting to hollow out a little bit. You talked about the Mahomes interception. That was that was a Jameis Winston style. Oh, interception. What a great point. Yeah. If Jameis did that, we would be killing him. Now Mahomes does it, and nobody said anything. Like it was barely a blip. That was an incredibly bad interception. And I had a, a take prepared on Patrick Mahomes, and I just wanted to double check. So I actually ran it by Pete Sweeney before we came on. And what I asked Pete was, where is Mahomes better right now than he was his second year or first year as a starter? Because to me, to my eyes, like, I don't know that he's better anywhere. He's just more experienced. That's it. And Pete's re answer was that he's better at playing within the structure of the offense. He said that the coaching staff has raved about him growing in that regard, which is great, except that I don't think that that's his best asset. I'm not scared of Patrick Mahomes dropping back, looking at his first read and chucking the ball. I'm scared of Patrick Mahomes dropping back, buying time, and then launching a 60-yard bomb down the field. To Tyreek Hill specifically. Yeah. Right. So it's like, 
if he's going to play within the structure to me as a defense, that's a win. Like, okay, great. Get him outside the structure. Let him be himself. And maybe they're not doing that. I don't know. But the Chiefs have a tough schedule, RJ. They got to play the Packers still. They have two against the Raiders who have played them tough. They have to play your Cowboys. They play the Chargers again. The Chargers have already beaten them this year. They The Bengals, they play the Bengals. And who knows? Cincinnati seems to be better this year. Like, we just can't sit back, put our feet up, and say, oh, the Chiefs are definitely going to make the playoffs. Everything's going to be fine. Like, we don't know that. You know, I, I'm glad you mentioned the Packers game. And believe me, this sucks to admit because I don't like to admit how awesome Aaron Rodgers is. But you will recall when the Chiefs last met the Packers that Patrick Mahomes did not play. Obviously, he was missing that, that tiny little stretch in 2019. But that was a game that every Chiefs fan coming off of the MVP year that Mahomes had in 18 was like, this is it. This is the passing of the torch. This is Mahomes and Rodgers. And everybody wanted that. You know, everybody thought that that would be Brady and Mahomes in the Super Bowl. This is it. This is where Mahomes establishes himself. And I, I'm not trying to like, again, make this. There's not even a molehill to make a mountain out of. Let's be very clear. There's like a, a tiny little, you know, one dot on a piece of paper. So I'm not trying to make any sort of mountain or even make a molehill out of that. Anthill. But uh it doesn't have the same alliteration, but um, anyway, um, th- like I really think that Chiefs fans believe like this. OK, it's it's just people. Chiefs fans believe it's a decision. It's just a box to check off. Like it's it's just an afternoon that will happen in a sequence of events that will play itself out. Like, you know, we're going to play Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Mahomes will beat him. And it's another another, you know, notch for Mahomes to check off another infinity stone for him to collect another thing to add to his collection that another weird thing for ESPN to make a graphic of on Monday Night Football next time we see him like <laughs> quarterbacks that Mahomes is beaten or whatever. And that won't happen. I, I, I right now I would take the Packers. I mean, you know, I don't. I don't I would not take the Chiefs. I'm not taking them over the Titans. I mean, so if I'm not taking the Chiefs over the Titans, I mean, I really need to see a lot more um, from this team to believe that they're they're more of who they've been lately than as opposed to who they've been in 2021 specifically. Let's flip it over now and talk about Tennessee. You know, I don't want they, to. I, I, don't, I refuse. They were kind of struggling. They lost to the Jets at one point. And then they turn around and beat Buffalo. And I don't know if it's just Derrick Henry, but Derrick Henry is he's incredible. RJ, do you know? That if you just counted his yards after contact, he would be the second leading rusher in the NFL. It's amazing. I know that they talked about this on NFL University. He had a higher EPA per play than Ryan Tannehill, which is amazing. Um, like I know this is Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill, but it's still amazing for that to be true of any running back quarterback pair in the NFL. I look I, again. I'm picking them, but I think we need to be careful. I, I don't want to anoint the Titans or say that they're bad. I, I know you're not saying that either, but. They, they partly won this game because, you know, Josh Allen slipped down at, at, you know, near the goal line at the end of the game. And I'm not trying to say like their win isn't meaningful or anything like that, but I mean, Buffalo made the right decision and Tennessee stopped them to be clear. They deserve all the credit in the world for that. But I mean, the margin for error is that thin. It, to me, it's all I'm saying is it's, it's not as impressive of Tennessee's win over Buffalo is hardly as impressive as say Buffalo's over Kansas city. I think it's comparable to say the chargers win over Kansas city, something that, you know, sometimes you need those breaks. You need those, those, you know, plays to go. There's a handful of plays that, that a game comes down to, and they went Tennessee's way. Uh, but some of this was, was the decision that Buffalo made at the end of the game that didn't work out for them. And as you and BLG mentioned, the decision that they did not make earlier in the game when they did kick the field goal. And so, I, I just think it depends, you know, the kind of coaching staff you run into. And so that's why I'm not ready to, like, anoint the Titans quite yet myself. I'm not going to anoint them. Uh, what I will say is they need more out of Ryan Tannehill. He has not been as good as he had been in 
previous seasons with the Titans. Before this year, RJ, he had 66 touchdowns with Tennessee in 26 starts. That was incredible. That's rushing and passing. It's basically two and a half touchdowns per game. And this year, eight total touchdowns in six weeks? Like, that's not good enough. Nobody has multiple receiving touchdowns on the team. One touchdown between A.J. Brown and Julio Jones? Like, that is not good enough. Julio Jones should not have to be catching footballs off of helmets in order to get receiving yards. Like, I don't know what has happened, but it's not Derrick Henry's fault. You know, he's still doing his part. Ryan Tannehill has got to start doing more for this team to play more consistently. And just when I was starting to kind of like buy into Tannehill that he's like a new man, now I'm kind of like, maybe we all were right all along. As a fighting Texas Aggie who patrolled the campus in College Station at the time that Ryan Tannehill did, I will tell you that his nickname among the Aggie faithful was, in fact, Tannehill the Manahill. Um, Ryan oh. Tannehill, of course, once upon a time, a wide receiver in college. Shout out to mm-hmm. Gerard Johnson, his quarterback, uh, who was really talented uh, in his own right. But um, I agree. I think it's hilarious. I was actually thinking about this myself, so maybe you invaded my brain. Um it's hilarious to think back to like, remember how people were like, do the Titans have the best wide receiver duo in the NFL with <laughs> Julio Jones and AJ Brown? Like, and some of that's just been the season and some, some of that's unpredictable, but um, that has maybe been, you know, in terms of hype relative to production, the, the worst kind of, you know, take of the off season um, or, or the, the least, the, the, the move that's paying off the least amount of dividends. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know that any Falcons fan feels good about anything, uh, but they might be like, yeah, see, you know, we, we, you know, Julio, Julio was our world, but this, this was the reality that we didn't want to say out loud. You know what I mean? I think I'm taking the chiefs in this one. Loser um, wrong. The, the Titans have been better, but, Ultimately, I just have more faith in Mahomes than Tannehill. Even if the Chiefs defense lets them down again, I just have more faith that Kansas City is going to continue to score points. I don't think they're going to continue to turn the ball over as much. And I think that it it takes this league-leading amount of turnovers to slow them down. So I think that begins to rectify itself in this game. Mm. T's and P's for you being wrong right off the bat. <laughs> All right. Let's go to our next game. This is the only game of the week featuring two teams with a winning record, RJ. And I never thought I would say that involving a game with the Cincinnati Bengals. But here we are. Since he's going to Baltimore, the Ravens are favored by six and a half points. Everything is rolling for Baltimore right now. Five straight wins. Lamar Jackson hasn't thrown an interception this month. He's completing 80% of his passes the last two games. Highest completion percentage of his career, highest pass yards per game, highest yards per completion. Like he is absolutely killing it right now. And the Ravens look fantastic in this game. So I am also a homer for, well, I don't know what that point was going to be, but I'm an RJ homer. I'm an (laughs) RJ Ochoa homer, as we have well established. And I believed in the Baltimore Ravens. You did not. BLG did not. You are both frauds when it comes to the Baltimore Ravens. You cannot walk this back and say that you believed in Lamar Jackson. No, no, no. The line in the sand was drawn long ago. It's me and Kyle Barber on one side, and it's you two you hooligans on the other. And no. so, no, you, no, 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 no. That no. is Wait, so check the tape stats. Revisionist tape. history. Kyle Barber knows what's up. Kyle, I got your back. Don't worry. Um, Lamar Jackson is incredible. Um, I think that if this is a dumb thing to say, but if the league or the season ended today, MVP is down to him and Dak. That's it. I mean, Kyler's lost a little bit of steam. Mm-hmm. I know the Cardinals are undefeated, but I Eric mean, Henry's I, in that, that argument too, dude. 
he is, but if we're being real here, it's going to a quarterback, right? <laughs> like, I mean, I'm, it's unfair, but like, you know, the rules as well as I do. Um, Lamar is fantastic. I mean, Lamar is amazing. The Ravens run game is amazing. I mean, the fact that yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I love to talk about how I think it's ridiculous that Mike McCarthy's not getting any coach of the year love. I think it's ridiculous that John Harbaugh isn't getting any coach of the year buzz. I mean, what he's doing. And I think that this is, they're different examples that don't, think I'm talking about Mike McCarthy in this way, but like John Harbaugh's had a lot of, lot of, lot of success recently, 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 obviously won a Super Bowl, just like Mike McCarthy has. And just like MVP is there's some narrative that goes into that. It's almost kind of like a, like who's the hot newbie coach of yep. the year award. That's totally generally fair. what the award goes to. Um, and so John Harbaugh doesn't fit that mold or fit that requirement, but I really think he's coaching his tail off. I mean, the Ravens lost JK Dobbins. They've lost a billion people. They have, I believe the most people on injured reserve at the moment. 16. I mean, they just do not quit ever. I mean, they they embody that idea and that philosophy, and I credit John Harbaugh and their whole organization, their whole structure, their whole franchise. I mean, they're like people. They are what the New York Giants believe they are. You know what I mean? Like they, <laughs> they, they are that. And so I love the Ravens. I have been a little bit wrong about the Bengals. I'm still not all the way ready. But you and I did challenge them last week. We said you want us to take you seriously. Go destroy the Detroit Lions. You should be a better team than them. They did do that. I think this is one of those, you know what, the Bengals are really good. They're on the rise, but you're just not there yet. I will take the Ravens to win. I will take the Ravens to cover. I think it might be like a backdoor cover sort of situation, but I do think that we'll walk away still being impressed by the Bengals. I totally agree on Cincinnati. They are, my analogy I was going to make for them are like, they are a s'more where the chocolate is not quite melted yet. Like you can see that it's going to be good. are overrated as a whole. Like they're not good at all. You're out of your mind. You can <laughs> see that it's going to be good. It's just not quite there yet. And here's the secret with the s'more, RJ. You break the chocolate and you stick the chocolate inside the marshmallow and then roast the marshmallow. That will heat up your chocolate. That gets your chocolate nice and melty. See, that is the secret. You are welcome, everybody. How I'm often do you even you. eat s'mores? Like, how how often does this happen? In your as often as I can. How so, about like, that? Do you go to the backyard, you fire up the pit, yeah. or sometimes, really? sometimes I've cooked I've cooked s'mores on an electric stove inside the house. That's how good they are. See, like Graham, I, I kind of hate s'mores. If I'm being honest with you, because I think what? Graham. I think well, I think graham crackers on their own are a really great snack, and like I, I feel too. like. But they've been belittled to the point that people believe that they're only like necessary in the world as like in existence <laughs> for s'mores. And I hate that. Like they're they're great on their own. And so uh, s'mores suck. Like uh, you want a hot take? Marshmallows suck. Like I don't like marshmallows at all. Like marshmallows are terrible. Like peeps, all anything marshmallow related terrible. is dumb. Yeah. Yes, I agree with that. I only really like marshmallows in s'mores, but s'mores are fantastic. The only uh, you brought up John Harbaugh. So I wanted to get back to that. This is my only sort of side eye at John Harbaugh. He said this week, oh, all the people criticizing Lamar Jackson look stupid. Now, who is criticizing Lamar Jackson right the now? The Oddcast. Like, wh- where are these people? The Oddcast. Oh, come on. BLG's take is that he needs to see it in the playoffs, and I think see, it's legitimate. Actually, I hate both of you for this take because you agreed with that, and I w- I'm excited that you brought this up. I cut you because you think that Lamar Jackson has to prove it in the playoffs, but you guys are so willing to, like, you know, anoint the Rams. What has Matthew Stafford ever done in the playoffs? Like, what what has, you know, what is like, what has Dak done in the playoffs that is different from Lamar? Like, they've reached the same point in time. What has Kyler Murray ever done in the playoffs that he gets, you know, more credit than Lamar? I mean, the only person who you or people you can give more credit to in this capacity are Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, 
Um, but like Josh Allen, like I know that the Bills beat the Ravens last year. Ryan Tannehill, I know you're not like standing for Ryan Tannehill, but like <laughs> I like what is the difference between those pl- or Justin Herbert? What has Justin Herbert done in the playoffs? There that he gets a all this credit? difference between not having a playoff resume and having a bad playoff resume. I don't think you he cannot has a bad argue. You cannot argue that his play in the playoffs has been as good as it is in the regular season. You can't make that argument. And so not, I think it's but, fair but the to idea say that he's like terrible there, especially he gets treated in this. I get your point, but he gets that idea like placed on him in a far more aggressive way than a lot of other people do who are in similar circumstances. I think that's fair, but I think it's fair to say he needs to do it in the playoffs and also say he's killing it in the regular season. Like both of those things can be true. And what that about happens- Kyler? Kyler Murray lost last year in an effective playoff game, and that wasn't even an actual playoff sure. game. And he to was CJ Beathard at home, he lost when yeah. they had a, their playoff lives on the line. And I, that's fair. You can say it about other guys too. You don't have to just say it about Lamar. It only gets said about Lamar. Don't worry, Kyle Barber. I got your back. Has always come into question for. They said it about Steve Young. Steve Young was winning MVPs, and they said it about him. I guess so was Lamar. But uh, you know, <laughs> like that's not a new criticism for a quarterback. Is my point. And I think Harbaugh's trying to do this to motivate Lamar. But really, like right now, I don't think there are a ton of people crushing Lamar Jackson. How could you? We just illustrated how good it is um, for Cincinnati. Like, how are they doing this? <laughs> like, that's what I want to know. Tomorrow I want Chase, man. I went to like, Cincy. They, they were right, by the way. They did, and I know you guys touched on this too. They were right. Good for them. Mm, I don't know about that. You're they saying pick right, and right chase now. over Sewell? Right, right now they, right now they can, they can pound their chest and say Sewell's right. not That's, bad at all. No, but th- their argument can be this: this was why we wanted Jamar, right? Like we, we've unlocked it. You know what I mean? Like, and that may not like fundamentally be true, but the, you know, the take is fair right now. But but yeah, you're right. Look, do you believe in Joe Burrow? Like, are you like where where do you where do you rank him? Like, give me a give me a Joe Burrow sandwich. Like, who's a quarterback who's slightly better than Burrow and who Burrow's slightly better than? Make your it's own. It's almost smoke. like when you're driving, right? Like, if someone is drive, you always drive at the perfect speed, right? If someone's driving faster than you, you're like, oh my god, that person's driving like a bat out of hell. And if they're driving slower than you, you're like. Oh my God, step on the gas. That's kind of how I feel about Joe Burrow, right? Like if you're better than him, I think you're pretty good. But if you're worse than him, I really have some questions about you. My biggest thing with him is he needs to play the game and not put himself in danger. He's so reckless with his own body. The Bengals have given up 16 sacks this year, and that's not all on their offensive line. Part of that is on Joe Burrow. Some quarterbacks have an instinct to protect themselves. We were just talking about Lamar Jackson. He absolutely has it, especially for a guy that runs as much as he does. He does not take big hits. He's very good at getting down and protecting his body. Russell Wilson has it. Kyler Murray has it. He's awesome at it. Joe Burrow does not have it. Baker Mayfield does not have it. Carson Wentz doesn't have it. Some guys have that instinct and some don't, and Burrow does not. Actually, you brought up some names. I wanted to ask you this. There are four quarterbacks in the AFC who we slam dunk take over Burrow just at this particular point in time and seemingly for the conceivable future. Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson, right? And rank them however you want, but those are easy. Fair. Any quarterback in the AFC besides those four that you are 1,000% taking over Joe Burrow today? Derek Carr. I don't think so. 
Like, and I'm not, I'm not playing the like. I'd rather have the rookie contract. Like, I'm not playing that game. I'm, I'm just like straight up. I'm not, you know. I'd rather take Joe Burrow at this point. I've the, seen enough from Derek the injury Carr. Thing have, have, you, him, have you seen that me, TikTok stats? It's like, I've seen what I needed to see. Like, that's how I feel about Derek Carr. You know what I mean? I, I have not seen that, but it sounds fantastic. <laughs> um, I just worry about Burrow, like, sacrificing his own body. Hell, he can't even talk right now, RJ. He's on vocal rest because he cannot speak. That's what, how much danger Joe that's, Burrow puts himself. That's the new thing. It's like, oh, you said something stupid? Yeah, you're on vocal rest. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the new thing. It's coming. Watch out. Did you see there was a great little nugget I saw on Pro Football Talk about the vocal rest? Do you know the story of, I want to say it's Steve Bono? And what I can't remember if it's Steve Bono or not. I'm trying to look it up as I talk. There was a quarterback for the 49ers who had a vocal injury and he literally played oh, a game yes, with I've, a I've speaker seen... on his back. Yeah, they, they um this was on I think um like ESPN's fastest 3 minutes or whatever like during one Monday night football game recently. So, yeah, Steve and it, it was it was Steve DeBerg. Yeah, that was uh pretty sick. So, yeah. Good. Like how did they allow that? Like what the hell? They put what if stick... it had what if it had rained? You know what I mean? Because this was right. this was like this was a day and age where like you know speakers were not what NFL films operates with now. You know what I mean? Like this <laughs> this was a, a massive undertaking from a technological standpoint. But um, but yeah, so you know, hey. Uh, but I've picked the Baltimore Ravens to win and to cover. You have not totally said. Pick a side stats. I will pick the Ravens to win, but I will pick Cincinnati to cover. I, you know, I wanted to figure out how they're doing this. So I went to CincyJungle.com, the Bengals community here at SB Nation, and I found an interesting little nugget. Cincinnati has scored 31 points on offensive drives right before halftime and 27 points in second half opening possessions. Mm, the so they dip. are dominating that middle portion of the game that I think a lot of people overlook. And that is a huge, huge, huge reason why they're four and two. Well, good for them. I have decided. Um, I owned up to this at the beginning of the season. I was wrong about the Rams uniforms. They're great. I, I'm not big fan of the bone ones, but generally right. speaking, they're great. They look good not, out on. They look better out on the field than they do in photographs. Right. So I'm willing. I mean, I've already admitted this, but um, two things here. One, the Cardinals. It's time. Let's get some new ones. You know what Agreed. I mean? Like, not a fan of what they have going on. You got great colors to work with. I love the black ones, but you know, whatever. Um, the Bengals ones were a miss. I'm, oh, I like, think they look better on the field too. Like, I don't mind the the black jerseys. Um, but what I what I do mind about them is the black jerseys they wear. The stripes are orange, mm -hmm. and so like that directly, you know, contradicts the helmet where the helmet is orange and the stripes are black. You know what I'm saying? So there's no like uniformity there, if that makes sense. It's like I hate when the Colts or like Colts coaches or staffers have gear where the the like shirt or whatever is blue and the horseshoe is white. That's not your logo. So you shouldn't be allowed <laughs> to use that. It's stupid to me. All right. That's a weird hill to die on, but I'm willing to go there if you are. That's sort of our thing on this show. All right. Are you ready, RJ? We've taken our deep dives. We still have plenty more games to get to. Do you know what it's time for? What the hell is that? That was like my hurry up sound because I do a really bad lightning um, sound effect. So that was my like, you know. Okay. What is that from? Like uh, Bonanza or whatever. Is that where it's from? I really don't know. No. Bonanza. Oh, man. <laughs> Not everyone is 100 years old, Stats. I'm not 100. I'm 36, <laughs> you jerk. All right, let's get to the lightning round. 
First up, Thursday night football tonight. It's Broncos and Browns in name only. No Baker Mayfield, no Nick Chubb, probably no Odell Beckham Jr. I don't even know if Teddy Bridgewater is going to play in this game. The Browns are favored by two. Ugh. I wish the Houston Astros were playing game six of the ALCS <laughs> tonight. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing else on television. There's not even a new episode of Survivor. Don't listen to BLG. Anybody this season is terrible. Um, this will be boring. This will be bad. Uh, I'm excited to see it. Like, I think nighttime games in Cleveland rock. That's cool. But, yeah, this game sucks. And the the – the Broncos are the biggest frauds in the NFL. I've decided. And we predicted the, it. Yeah. The, the, but I didn't know if they were the biggest or the second biggest because the Panthers were in this fraudulent conversation too. But I've decided <laughs> to, to give the crown to Denver. They will lose this game. The Broncos uh, will. To Case Keenum. Yes. Oh, God. And Kate, I guarantee, stats, I guarantee you right now, Case Keenum will be on the post-game Thursday Night Football set with Joe Thomas and uh, <laughs> Colleen Wolf and Michael Irvin and Steve Smith. Like that, it. I, I promise that's going to happen. Uh, can I just, this tweet for me in Rappaport, Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield is expected to need surgery on his torn labrum following the season. Of course he is. It's a torn labrum. How else is it going to get better? Like this is news. I'm sorry. That's just my, like, come on. What are we talking about? Yeah. Well, Denver is fraudulent. Vic, Fan, uh, Vic Fangio will also have like a comment after this game that we will all roll our eyes at. Just watch out. I like me some Fangio. A Washington football team going to Green Bay. The Packers favored by seven and a half. Aaron owns the Bears, RJ. Is, is he going to own the football team as well? I do a hit with my friend Jimmy Smith in Australia every week. He asks me for my favorite line of the week. This is it. Because seven and a half, not enough. I hate this, but Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is going to dominate the Washington football team. I You mentioned Cincy Jungle. There was a uh, write-up at hogshaven.com, SB Nation's Washington football team community. Uh, earlier this week, we did link to it at Blog and the Boys, that was about last week and how the loss was more than a loss in a football game for the Washington football team. Highly encourage everyone to read it. Really long read but if you're curious for what last week was like through the lens of that fan community i think it really did encapsulate it well there's a lot wrong with that team right now and that building and that franchise that organization i mean i don't i don't have the vocabulary to properly encompass it all <laughs> um so i will take green bay although man what losers you cannot wear pants that are not yellow if you're the green bay packers can't They're do going it all i don't green i don't like weekend. it stupid Gross. I think it looks fantastic. We'll see out on the field. Falcons travel to Miami. The Dolphins are getting two and a half points. Is this the last game two is going to play for the Dolphins, RJ? No, it's not, but they will lose. I mean, they like the Dolphins are the new you suck team. The Dolphins are, are the new <laughs> get Urban Meyer beat the Dolphins. I mean, so yep. I mean, good job, Falcons. I mean, that's Beat the Dolphins with Tua, their quarterback of the future. That's supposed to be the man. I have zero faith in them. I'm out on Brian Flores. Like, oh, nope, way I'm out. taking the Falcons easily in this game. Next up, the Jets go to New England to take on the Patriots. Patriots are giving seven points in this one. I thought it was complete weak sauce by Bill, Bill Belichick to punt in overtime against the Cowboys and not show any faith in Mac Jones whatsoever. Now he's battling another rookie quarterback in Zach Wilson. Uh, I'll take New England in this one, RJ. Not only was Bill Belichick a coward for punting on fourth and three, but he punted to one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL when, when all Dak Prescott's offense needed was a field goal. You know what right. I mean? Like, and not only is all of that true, but I don't know exactly how you know much attention you're paying to this game. It's a busy day. You're covering the whole NFL. At the end of the first half stats, after Dak Prescott 
gets in the end zone on third and goal, and then the fourth and goal fumble happens, whatever. New England gets the ball at their own 20-yard line by way of a touchback with a minute and a half on the clock. Now, to be fair to the Patriots, they did not have a single timeout left. However, Bill Belichick... Well, I know, but Bill Belichick drained the clock, just went into, just burned a minute and a half, and yeah, I, I, again against one of the best offenses in the NFL. You like, it's it's very strange. It's an uncomfortable reality that we're living in here, but it's a reality nonetheless. I will take the Patriots to win to cover because, in spite of all that, they are not the New York Jets, and I am ready to say that I believe Mac Jones wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. Ooh, interesting. You know, it's funny. The Niners get talked about a lot when it comes to Mac Jones. The Jets could have picked Mac Jones. too. Like, if you're going to rip the Niners, okay, that's fine. But the Jets could have picked Mac Jones, too. Nobody seems to want to criticize them for that. He'll go up against Zach Wilson this week. The Panthers are going to New York to take on the Giants. The Giants are getting points. I think the Giants stink, but I think the Panthers stink, too. Sam Darnold, I continue to say is a pumpkin at quarterback and the Panthers have lost every single game this season with Christian McCaffrey, not in the lineup. He is not in a lineup. Once again, he is not in the lineup. However, um, the New York giants roster is, and they are terrible. (laughs) They are so bad. They are awful, dude. I mean, look, I don't like I it's not even fun to bag on the Giants at this point. Like in it's it's because it's they're boring. I mean, and Joe Judge is bad and you know, I don't like fraudulent's not the right word, but he's he's such a like hardo and none of that's the thing, like it would it would be weird if he was this football hardo and all of his football principles landed. But he's this football hardo and none of his stuff is is sticking with his team or his roster. Like everything he prides himself on is what they are bad at in the or what they are bad at in an exemplary fashion. They're bad at every single thing. Uh Ed Valentine, our friend, our great colleague here at SB Nation. Uh, the head honcho over at Big Blue View this past week wrote all about players the Giants should be looking to trade away. That is where things are at for the Giants right now. And that was like in the second or the, I guess, technically the third, but the middle of October, the Giants are having this conversation. They suck. They suck out loud. <laughs> uh, and I do want to say that among the people that Ed noted the Giants should give consideration to trading, he specifically left out Saquon Barkley. And he noted that and I don't knock him for this in because he said the giants need to rehabilitate Saquon's image, need to get some great play out of him. And then they need to trade him in the off season. Here's the thing. The giants already picked up Saquon's fifth year option. Nobody's trading for him in the off season. No, here's the other thing stats. I tweeted this out. I told you about this. I got in a lot of people's feelings earlier in the week since 2019, when Tony Pollard was drafted, granted Saquon was drafted in 2018, the second overall pick he was by Dave Gettleman. But since 2019, in 20 games, Saquon Barkley has 290 carries, 1,232 rushing yards, and eight rushing touchdowns. Tony Pollard, a fourth-round pick in 2019, has played 37 games, so 17 more, has 248 carries, so 42 less than Saquon Barkley, and has 1,256 rushing yards, 24 more than Saquon Barkley. He does have one less rushing touchdown. The point here being that, I mean, that – I, and I don't blame Saquon for this. I, I actually feel badly for Saquon that he has not been allowed to thrive in the way he athletically can. Um, the Giants are that team, though, that they will break a supremely talented athlete. Well, and it's just, taking a running back second overall is a supremely stupid move. It was a Yeah, you got to do it move. at fourth overall. That's that's the sweet spot. You, no, like, <laughs> stop it. It's, Everyone criticized, not everyone, but so many people criticized it in the moment because it was clearly a dumb thing to do because running backs tend to get hurt. And what has happened with Saquon? He has gotten hurt. 
Let's move on now. The Eagles go to Las Vegas to the Death Star, RJ. Raiders are giving three points in this game. They got a nice boost last week with their interim head coach. Plus, they played the Paper Tiger in the Denver Broncos. Do you think that boost lasts this week, or do you think Philly can get the win? BLG and I talked about this game on the NFC's mixtape, which everyone can listen to on both the Blog of the Boys and Bleeding Nation podcast networks. And I actually see the argument for taking Philly. Uh, We actually had a a listener who tweeted in at us. uh, It was Steve Chernosky. I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly on Twitter at NS Jersey. Um, And and like sometimes we see this and I don't mean to take away, you know, or to, to talk about the off the field things as if they're just some variable to play around with. But sometimes we see teams get an emotional boost for some reason or another, and then completely, you know, fall to the other side of the spectrum the week after. And to to your point, Vegas gets the win last week. Kudos to Rich Bisaccia, to Derek Carr, to everybody involved. You could kind of see the bottom coming out this week. And I could totally see that. However, this Eagles offense is basuda. I mean, it is (laughs) it's bad. Yeah, I don't I mean, like if they were playing the Bengals or if they were playing, you know, the Bears, the the Bears were kind of that team that was able to capitalize on that in the the immediate wake of the news and controversy before John Gruden resigned. Um, I like my point is, I think the Bears a little bit more talented than the Eagles. And I think that you, you have to be like competent to be able to take advantage of that downswing. And I don't think the Eagles are there. I say that in just an objective way. Philly, it's so frustrating because like it's not it's frustrating so... at all. It's wonderful and beautiful and, and <laughs> peaceful. It's so it seems so difficult. Offense seems so challenging. It seems like oh, such a sure. grind for them. They can score, but it it just seems like it takes so much. I think I will take the Raiders. I will give the points in this one, although I wouldn't be stunned if the Eagles won. I think if I had to, you know, place my money, I got to go with <laughs> Las Vegas. You know what the Eagles are stats? You ever um you have kids, so I'm sure this has happened. You ever like buy something that you have to put together, like whatever it is, and it comes with the little L-shaped the like, Allen wrench. Yes. No, but well, I don't know if it's an Allen wrench, but it's the it's the one that and like you look at the screws or whatever you have to turn or tighten, and you're like, Oh, I've got something in the garage, I've got a tool for this, and you go get it and it doesn't fit. And so you're like, Oh my gosh, I have to use the little thing that they, you know, gave me in the packaging here. And there's all these like awkward angles that you got to get in to work with or whatever. And you're like, this does not have to be this difficult. Like I'm straining my hand way too much. That's the Philadelphia Eagles offense. So you're saying that Jalen Hurts is the Allen wrench that comes with the thing that you bought? I'm saying that's Nick Sirianni, not Jalen Hurts. (laughs) Okay. Well, I mean, BLG has written at bleedinggreennation.com that Sirianni could be one and done. So we'll see what happens there with the Philadelphia Eagles. The Lions and Jared Goff are going to L.A. to take on the Rams. The Rams are favored by 14 and a half points. And I just want to point out, Jared Goff has never, ever, 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 ever won a game. Don't do that. When he was not coached by Sean McVay. That's so mean and unfair because it's true. It's true, but it's like it's low hanging fruit because his two coaches in that capacity are Jeff Fisher and Dan Campbell. You know, like it's hey, yeah. That's two different coaches. So you can't even say, oh, well, he got stuck with this other guy. It's two different coaches, which, yeah, by the but, way, say what you the, want about Jeff Fisher. He's also won a lot of games in NFL history. The, the two situations, though, in 2016 with Jeff Fisher were the Rams in L.A. for the first time ever. You know what I mean? Or, or not the first time ever, but like back in the movement, you know, whatever. There's a lot to that. And then, you know, this year in Detroit, like we all knew this year in Detroit was going to be bad. I mean, so like none of that is breaking news. And also the 2016 Rams were the team who had just the year before spent a first round pick on a running back. The first time a team had done that in like 10 years. So, I mean, 
Jared Goff hasn't necessarily landed in soft situations that are not affiliated with Sean McVay is my point. Here's the thing. Rams are going to win this game easily. Not denying that at all. And I am stunned that Dan Campbell's emotional like rallying didn't carry the Lions to a less embarrassing output last week. I could totally see like an impassioned like this one's for Jared, you know, like <laughs> speech from Dan Campbell this week. I could see that. Like, I think the Lions cover. I really do. But I think the Rams win this game rather easily. And I think you have to put up with more annoying talk about how much better they and the Arizona Cardinals are than your 49ers. I'm just saying, if you're the number one overall draft pick, you should be able to win one game without Sean McVay. That's Jared Goff. Uh, I don't know that you're going to get a win one for Jared because I thought Dan Campbell was going to bench Jared Goff. He was calling him out publicly saying he needs to play better, which I'm for, man. If your quarterback needs to be better, say it. Why are we treating these guys with kid gloves? The Rams are going to destroy them in this game, though. 14 and a half is a big number. I still think I'm taking the Rams to cover. And if that's not a big enough number for you, RJ, I humbly present the Texans going to Arizona. <laughs> the Cardinals are favored by 17 and a half. Point. Is this a real NFL game? I don't remember seeing an actual NFL spread this big before. This is like when Alabama plays mid Southwest Eastern, you know, like some school that's played three football games in the last five years program. Um, I, I think that there are three, there are three people, unless maybe you're in an IDP league, but there are three people I want on my fantasy team this week. I want Matthew Stafford going against the lions. And I don't think, I don't think Matthew Stafford cares about that, but I think Sean McVay wants to prove a point. You know what I mean? Like we, we are the reason he is great, you know, like whatever. So Sean McVay is going to, going to hook Matthew Stafford up with all sorts of fun stuff on Sunday. DeAndre Hopkins wants to embarrass the Texans. Like DeAndre Hopkins wants to murder them. DeAndre (laughs) wants this team to be disbanded after this particular game. I don't think J.J. Watt feels that way, but he will have an incredible game because he's J.J. Watt, and that's just the way this sort of goes. Another bold prediction of mine, this is a game where J.J. Watt catches a touchdown because DeAndre is going to make that happen. You know what I mean? He's going to say, we got Cliff. Come on, please. You're back. We got to get J.J. involved. He's not back. Or well, whatever. It's still, like you, you're not back, but you're 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 back metaphorically. Like you, you got to make this happen. You know what I mean? You got to get JJ a touchdown because we got to prove to them that they suck. They were like JJ scoring <laughs> is an extension of DeAndre scoring. I do. I would find it ironic if the Texans and this is a whole separate thing if they traded Deshaun Watson the week that they are set to play DeAndre Hopkins and JJ Watt for the first time. Uh, but yeah, dude, the Texans are bad, bad, bad. I cannot wait for the Cardinals game next week against the Packers. Um, but yeah, this, this is going to be a route. That was the only thing like, Hey, it, the only way they don't cover the spread to me is if they had suffered the letdown or, you know, the, uh, look, the, what, the looking past this game, the type looking thing. past that's yeah. the word. That's the phrase I'm searching for because they're, I mean, the Texans are, they're trash. They're absolute trash. The Cardinals a more, are motivated. A more appropriate term, by the way, by the way, would have been, um, looking ahead, you know, considering who we are, but you okay. Know. <laughs> you proud of yourself. There you go. I thought you would like it. The Cardinals need to win this game too, because they got to, you know, they need to, if they want to be the number one seed, they got to stay ahead of Dallas and they got to stay ahead of the Rams. So it's not like they can afford to to drop one of these games. I'll take the Cardinals. I will give the points. Next up our another double digit spread. RJ bears going to Tampa Bay bucks favored by 12 points. You giving the points? (sighs) Yeah, I'll give them. (laughs) I mean, Matt, Matt Nagy is just, like, what do you think a handshake between Matt Nagy and Nick Sirianni looks like? Like, it must be the most, like, volatile, you know, just, like, no need to be, like, it's probably two dudes trying to squeeze the other one to death. Um, yeah. And I, 
I don't know if I feel I don't know who I feel bad for. I, I feel bad for all Bears fans. Like this has been a rough week with the Aaron Rodgers comment. So uh it's not gonna get better, unfortunately. Tampa Bay is gonna have their way. This game is Nance, Romo, Tracy Wolfson. Um, so they have to see, you know, a whole lot of people have to watch this game, and I feel bad for the Bears in that sense. I just like Justin Fields, feel free to flash, like for a whole game, not just for like one play every couple drives. It. Like, show me something here. You know, I've I've been I think that he's going to be a good player, but I think that his bad plays have largely been ignored by a lot of people. Like show me the potential that you have there on more than just a play here or there. I don't know that he will this week. Tampa Bay's defense is very, very good. Uh, I will take the bucks and I will give the points. Yeah. Um, Justin Fields, give us a reason to hate Matt Nagy again. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, but like, I, I don't mean that the way it sounds, but like show us that you like, I believe, but you know, like, Give us that, you know, and give, give us that like, man, dude, like he's he's being, you know, he's he's inhibited by what's going on right. right now. That isn't totally jet. Yeah, that's a fair point by you. Let's get to the last game of Sunday, the Sunday night Boy. game. My 49ers hosting the Indianapolis Colts. The 49ers are favored by four and a half points, RJ. I don't know why the 49ers are favored against anybody. What do you think about this game? Uh, first, I have a question. Who's starting at quarterback for the 49ers? Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, it's a loss. I mean, like, I, no, like I honestly, at this point, I think Kyle Shanahan is in consideration for worst coaches of the season. I, I, I mean, and like, I don't mean to like again make a mountain out of a molehill and like build something off of that tiny little microscopic point, but it's not microscopic. It's massive. It's like it's it's insulting to the the superior 49ers fan, which are the people who check out Niners Nation and listen to Niners Nation podcast. Is insulting to those people's intelligence to start Jimmy Garoppolo. It is. It's just you. You can't. You can't well, Lance tell me hasn't been practicing because he's been hurt. I don't care. I mean, like, like I don't. I don't buy that. I guess. Like, maybe I'm a conspiracy theorist. I think I know you don't buy that to a certain degree. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like, it, it's. It just you can't tell. You can't have had two weeks to plan for this and and come out this way. And and if you do, if if that's the case, if you're really up against a wall, and if Trey Lance really is hurt, like if all that, if you're telling the truth, Kyle, if you're just you know you're just the guy who's on the recipient of all the bad luck this year, then you should come out and you should thrash this Indianapolis Colts team. You've had two weeks to prepare for them with your guy who you've backed up, who you've been working with for all this time. You should come out and totally dominate. And I just don't think that's going to happen. I think the Colts not only cover stats, I think they win because I think the 49ers are that broken. You must be inside my head because <laughs> have you ever seen a movie? It's an old movie. It's like 20 years old called Pool Hall Junkies. Um, you get upset when I say this. So I, I well, this I, just... one I, I don't blame you for because it's, <laughs> it's, it's more it's not obscure. a very good movie, but it has one of the best monologues of all time from Christopher Walken. And I think it fits this game perfectly. So Christopher Walken is trying to pump up. He's like a front man for a, a pool player, right? Like the hot young pool player. And he's trying to pump up his guy before he plays like a really big game against somebody. And they're in the bathroom. And Christopher Walken comes in and he's, I can't do a Christopher Walken, but he's asking me, he's like, do you see these nature documentaries? I saw one about a lion. He's the king of the jungle, huge mane out to here. He's lying down in a tree in the middle of Africa. It's so hot. He doesn't want to move. The lion cubs, they start biting his ears, messing with his tail. He doesn't do anything. The lioness comes over. She starts making trouble. He doesn't do anything. The other animals see this going on. They get a little brave, right? The hyenas come over, the jackals, 
they start laughing at him, teasing him, getting bolder and bolder and bolder. And then one day, that lion gets up and tears the sh out of everything around him and eats everything in his path and destroys everybody. Because every once in a while, RJ, the lion has to show the jackals who he is. That's where Kyle Shanahan is right now. The jackals are out. You just laid it out there. The hyenas are there. Everybody's ripping him. It's time. So it's time for Kyle Shanahan to show the jackals who he is. So let me be very clear. I support your analogy as it relates to Kyle Shanahan. But I think the problem is that he has allowed himself to become this sleeping lion, this this careless lion, this apathetic lion, however you want to put it. It's it's funny that you bring up the term lion. Uh, Micah Parsons, the Cowboys rookie who's been wonderful so far this season. He has a, a phrase that he has said since actually he said this on Hard Knocks. A lot of people saw us where he has said the lion is always hungry. And, and that is that is his approach. That is his mentality is I am a lion. Anybody who gets in my path, I'm going to thrash like I'm and I think you're right. I think Kyle Shanahan's waiting for the opportunity to thrash. And so even if the, the 49ers come out and win, like I'm not saying you're saying this either, but like I, I won't be convinced like I, to, for me, it won't be this like, well, everything's back. Everything's good. Kyle Shanahan, king of all things. Once again, like, <laughs> like he, he has fallen asleep. He has he has call it whatever you want. Call it complacency. Call it laziness. Call it call it just losing his touch. But he is not that lion that somebody that say Mike and I'm not saying like Micah Parsons is perfect or anything. But I mean, that is the mentality that I think a lot of teams have. And I think some teams lose sight of. And I think like the Chiefs have lost sight of that. And I think Kyle Shanahan's lost sight of that. And I think he he still thinks he's a lion. And he thinks, you know what? You shouldn't get in my way because I'm a lion. And right now, all the hyenas and the little I don't know if there's a squirrel or whatever. They're just like, they're, they're kind of like toying with the lion. They're like, ha And you know what I mean? They're like moving and trying to like dance around. And you know what, dude, if you, if you lose this game at home off your bye to the Colts, I mean, dude, yep. I mean, I just, I, I, I feel for you stats. I wish I could say I, could, I felt for the Niners cause I don't, but I feel for you cause you're my friend. This is it. Like you can't just win. Don't just win this game. RJ destroy Kick their them. ass. Yeah. destroy them exactly you've had the whole two world's weeks. gonna watch yes two weeks to prepare for this thing the Colts defense is bad it is not good especially against the pass like enough enough of this freezing Brandon Ayuk out of the offense enough of the struggling like no show everybody that you're the lion that you still know football that you haven't become football stupid and kick the Colts' ass. Like, that's what I'm hoping for on Sunday Night Football. Whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, whatever. Drop 35 on them and kick them out of the stadium. Otherwise, people are going to be jumping off the ship losing faith in you. And I don't Nick, blame them. Nick Mullins could do it. Um, I do want to say one thing that you're the Niners are in danger of entering this game. One of the most annoying things that can happen to you as a fan is you can breathe life into a narrative that had died. Right. Like, so, so the Colts had this narrative around them. For, and I, I'm a huge Matt Eberflus fan, you know, huge Flus fan. Uh, but like, it had been since 2018 when, when he arrived and Frank Rack took over and Darius Leonard was drafted, had been the Colts defense, Colts defense, DeForest Buckner, like the Colts defense. And that narrative has died. Right. Colts defense is they're no longer that team anymore. Right. So the right. most annoying thing is if you're the 49ers, and your offense is so bad against this defense <laughs> that you know is not who like the narrative used to say they were. 
And so then the broadcast is like, the Colts defense is back. And you're thinking like, it's not back. We just suck. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, so that's, you're, you're on that slope right now. And that's, you know, I'll just, I, I think it's going to be a stressful day for you. And so, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'd offer you a hug if, if I could give you one. And nobody has a track record of making bad defenses look good like the 49ers, RJ. They have not scored more than seven points in the first half of a game this year since week one, and they have played the Packers' defense, who is not good. They have played Seattle's defense, who is not good. So the Niners have made bad defenses look good in the past. We'll see if they do it again. I am taking the Colts to win. I don't even, like, there's no chance to me that even if the 49ers win, that they cover this spread. Do you know that the 49ers have not won a game by more than one score in 364 days? The last game they won by more than one score was October 25th, 2020 against the New England Patriots. They have not won a game by more than one score since then. This fan base is ground down we're beaten down by all these close games get us a win get us an easy relaxing win can i not have a coronary on sunday for once please only thing i'll say is i actually really don't like the the days analogy that a lot of people make like you just did i mean like football isn't played year round you know like let's let's relax on the days you know like you want to you want to add some context it's been let's... 15 games rj there that's we a go. full that, year is that better that that is better at least <laughs> that's more that that puts it in in better perspective for me uh i'm trying to help you out here you know that's on the thing uh but yeah like i do think this is like if you're kyle shanahan whatever whatever stands you have um you might lose them if, if you are unimpressive in this game so we will see what happens there. I will be uh, on Niners Nation right after the game. I'll be on the Niners Nation YouTube and Facebook pages doing an instant reaction podcast. I encourage you to come and check that out. RJ, it's going to do it for the look ahead. I feel good. I mean, this is not exactly the best slate of games, but hopefully you could at least make some money. This is a really bad slate of games. Uh, it's a really bad slate of primetime games. Um, you know. It is what it is. You know, the, the league's juiciest teams are not playing this week. The Dallas right. Cowboys, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Buffalo Bills, the Minnesota Vikings. Let's be real. Uh, they they play in interesting games, though. That's true. That's very true. Uh, stats, I hope you have a great weekend. I, I hope you do. I hope you have some s'mores. I hope you just I yeah. hope I, I hope it's fantastic. I hope great things for you in your life. Wow. That actually sounded genuine. I hope yep. your day stinks. Have a good week, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.